Uh, good evening. Uh, I had, uh, since our last Bible study, we had a little conversation. I'd done a lot of praying and thinking about it, and I thought uh, I was going to stop. Boy, y'all, a long way back there. Uh, I was going to stop and do a. Uh, uh, I felt like I wanted to teach on uh, or spend some time on the Trinity, and then. Um, uh, where I've left off the last time when I picked up in John chapter 7 uh, deals with the Holy Spirit and uh, some different things so we're just going to uh, pick back up about verse number 37 and read through the end of uh, John 7 but uh, we may go a few different other places tonight and uh, this won't just be uh, one night I'm not going to try uh, and carry this out for a long time tonight because I know we got conference but uh, um, uh, it's worth spending some time on, I think, and uh, um, maybe it'll uh, give us give us all something to think about and study on um, a little bit more. Um, but like I said, we're going to spend uh, however long it takes. Really, we just want to spend some time on the Trinity. And I know when we start talking about the Trinity, usually, I know in my in my opinion, when I study the Trinity, it just leads to more and more questions. Um, and obviously, we're not going to have all the uh, all the answers to all the questions, but uh, uh, we can <clears throat> we can abide in the text and in Scripture. And I know that uh, uh, He gives us enough to be confident and sure, uh, and uh, we're thankful of that. There's a lot of things that we intellectually we just can't understand. We can't comprehend what it means to be three different pers- three different persons in one being. And we'll talk uh, a little bit about that tonight, but <clears throat> like I said, I know it's a very broad topic, real deep, much deeper than I can go, um, but uh, uh, we do want to spend a little time with it nevertheless. But we're going to pick up, just for the sake of time, verse number 37 of John chapter 7. It says, In the last day, <clears throat> that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this, he, th- but this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said of a truth, this is a prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, uh, shall Christ come out of Galilee? Hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh uh, that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? So there was a division among the people because of him, and some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto them, Why have you not brought him? The, uh, the officers answered, Never man spake like this. Then answered them the Pharisees, Are ye also deceived? Have any, uh, have any of the rulers or of the Pharisees believed on him? But this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. Nicodemus saith unto him, He that came to Jesus by night, being one of them, doth our law judge any man before it hear him, and know what he doeth? <clears throat> they answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet, and every man... Uh, went unto his own house. And I know we're kind of picking up mid-thought right here, but uh, like I said, this, this right here really deals 
uh, with the Holy Spirit uh, specifically and personally. Uh, and like I said, there's a, there's a lot of people, uh, and we're, we'll talk about this, spend just a few minutes on this. We uh, look around and we see mis- misinterpretations and misrepresentations of the Trinity, of the Trinitarian doctrine, and that's a Christian basic Orthodox Christian theology that we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, there are three, as I've already said, three, indis- uh, three distinct and separable persons, but they are one God. Uh, and, and a good way to think about this is just a good visual. If you had one circle in the middle, uh, and you draw that one circle and you write God in it. Okay, on the outside, on the periphery of those three, uh, of, the, of that one circle, you draw three more circles, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. With an arrow going to the middle, the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. Now if you take and you draw uh, and you connect those three outer circles, the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Spirit, and the Spirit is not the Father. Okay? So there are three individual distinct persons, but they are one being. You have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, there's a, we look around today and we say, well, uh, why, is, why is this important? What's the significance of this? And I hope, like I said, this is a very deep topic, and we're going to talk about the significance of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Scripture itself speaks about three individual persons, that they all have three individual services and operations within this. When we pray, Jesus even teaches us, when we pray, we should pray to the Father in the name of the Son in the Spirit. Uh, That's that's how how Jesus taught us to pray. Uh, There are three distinct individual persons, and I'm going to keep saying this, uh, maybe sort of absorb in a little bit better because it's, it's a big concept and it really is hard to, uh, to understand. But listen, we see uh, modern day. What does a, uh, what's a modern day denomination that, that does not honor Trinitarian theology? And one that we all know, they've all came to visit us, is the Jehovah's Witness. Okay, The Jehovah's Witness don't believe that the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, they don't believe that He is God. Uh, they believe in an old doctrine which came out of the second and third centuries called Arianism. And Arianism basically was the thought and the concept uh, that they believed that, that, that Jesus was a great prophet, but he was not God. Okay? Uh, and so a lot of people say, well, we don't understand what the significance of this is. And I want to say this. Uh, when we think about Jesus Christ, what is not, and I want you to write this down. Okay, uh, and I'll go back. I won't post this to the podcast. If you don't write this down, go back and listen to this. And I always want you to remember this. It came out of the Nicene Creed in the fourth century. Uh, and, and their declaration was this What is not assumed is not redeemed. What is not assumed is not redeemed. So I want you to think about that when you think about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and specifically about the Son. What the Son did not assume, He did not redeem. Okay? Uh, and, and we need to understand today that there is a direct correlation between God the Father and God the Son. Okay? We understand that God the Father sent the Son. 
Uh, now we get into this whole uh, topic, and like I said, I know this, this just breeds a multitude of questions. Uh, and I want to say this, that Christ is the eternal begotten, okay? And when I say by the eternal begotten, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter number 2 that, uh, that he was before the foundation of the world. Uh, he is, this is a relational, this is a relational, familial uh, understanding that the scripture gives us. The Son was not created just like the Father was not created or the Holy Spirit. They, God being one being, is the uncreated creator. And I know that's probably clear as mud. Uh, but listen, we must understand and grasp this because they operate in different uh, they operate in, in different areas. And we'll talk about that here in just a few minutes. But see, uh, what I really want to draw our attention to right here is in verse number 37 and 38 is where Jesus deals yet once again. And if we back back up, and I apologize, I told you to look down. I'm not ready to look down yet. Uh, but if you go back to John chapter 1, we have uh, the infamous verse in John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Okay? That's how we know that the Son is not begotten of the Father. Okay? Uh, because we don't see a subordination of the Son. The Son was not born of the Father. The Son is with the Father. Okay? And this is where we begin to develop and mature this theology and this doctrine. So we have in the beginning was God. Or in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him, there's nothing made that is made. So friends, listen, we see there, uh, and now we go back to Genesis chapter number 1. Bear with me right here for a minute. I understand I'm, I, I, I wish I had written a little bit more down so I could not be so scattered on this. But we go back to Genesis 1, and we see where the Bible speaks about uh, and if you remember this, a few months ago, we taught on the Holy Spirit. But if you go back and you'll see in Genesis chapter 1, in the, in the Hebrew, the word wind is the, is the Hebrew word ruach. I don't know if you remember me talking about this, but the, it's the Hebrew word ruach. And in the New Testament, it's, it's the Greek word pneuma. And Jesus even changes it to the comforter, which he says is the paraclete. So uh, we have the Holy Spirit, which is the life-giving force, okay? When the Bible tells us in Genesis 1 that when God spoke, amen, when God said, and the, the, this is what the Scripture says, and God said when he spoke, that was the breath and the wind of life. And so, friends, listen, we see where the Trinity uh, was, and we have this all littered all through the Scripture and through the text. And like I said, I'm just going to kind of give this a surface treatment tonight that uh, hopefully will make you want to go home and ask a lot more questions. Uh, and listen, like I said, this is, this is a very hard, challenging, uh, it's a wonderful topic, but it, it breeds and leads to many more questions. And that's good because when we have questions, we should go to the Word of God to study the Word of God to figure out what the Word of God says. But we have, uh, where we have the Father, God the Father, God the Son, and God the, the Holy Spirit. They are different persons, one being. They are all God. But they are not each other. Okay? They are not each other. We have where the Bible tells us in John chapter 1, if you back up right here, and in, in, uh, in John chapter 1, we have 
uh, a reference, if you uh, flip uh, to the end, of the, uh, the end portion of the chapter, you see where John, John the Baptist was baptizing in the Jordan River. And Jesus comes walking by on the bank of the river. And he said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Okay? Now Matthew gives us a little bit more clarity on what transpired at the baptism. Matthew chapter number 13, verse number 13, the Bible says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteous. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, now I want you to pay attention to this. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. So we have Christ, the Son, the second person of the Trinity. And we see Jesus, he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. The third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. These are distinct persons. They are not one. They are not different modes. They are not uh, serving. Uh, it's not one person serving in different capacities. These are different uh, functioning deities, okay? So we have Jesus. Then we have the Spirit of God descending like a dove. In verse 17, in the Bible says, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Okay? We have scriptural evidence. This is not what I think about it. Okay? This is what the Bible says about it. We must understand. I, I know that it's a hard topic uh, for us to really grasp and understand. But we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in one place in one time. Uh, the second person manifests himself. He robed himself, cloaked himself with flesh. He come down here and he walked among us. And while he walked among us, when he was suffered to be so, the Spirit of God lit upon him in the form of a dove, is what the Bible says. And there was a voice that spoke. We have three individual distinct persons that manifest themselves uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? And the significance of them was the Father cried, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased, okay? Now, why does this matter and what is the significance of this? It's because Christ is the only one who is God, um, okay? In John 10, he said, I and the Father are one. Okay, He said, uh, whom the Father holds in his hand, no man can pluck out. And then he goes on to say, I and the Father are one. When Jesus speaks, he says, I speak the words of my Father, but I speak them in spirit. Okay? So friends, listen, and we have the significance of the Son of God. The Son of God, when the Bible gives us relational understanding, there were seven utterances that Jesus made on the cross. And I'm just skimming the high points right now. But I, want you, I just want to get your brain engaged to where you can think about this. But there were seven utterances in which Jesus made upon the cross and Jesus made those utterances to God the Father. One that I quoted on Sunday that we're all too familiar with. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So friends, listen to me. Now we get into another aspect that we think of. And this is, 
I'm going to be honest with you. This is very prominent. This is, this is uh, taught a lot. I've heard this taught. I've heard this preached. Uh, listen, and, and listen, I'm not here to walk around with a club telling everybody that they're wrong and they need to fix their ways. That's not my intention. Uh, and that's not where my heart is. If anything, I just want to bring to light the, the Scripture and where we're going wrong and what we're doing. Uh, listen, there's, there's been people that have been uh, excommunicated from the church over the years for what is known as heresy. Uh, now, there's a difference between somebody making an error and somebody being a heretic, okay? When somebody's a heretic, they have renounced the ordinances, the orthodox doctrines of the church, of the scripture. And when we reject the Trinity, that is an orthodox doctrine, okay? When you reject the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, when you reject those, you reject Christianity. Okay? You reject it. God the Father is, is the law, the legislative, punitive morality that we have in the Old Testament. God the Son is the mediator. He is the advocate as described in the text. The Holy Spirit is the presence of the life-giving force and breath and wind of God. They are all separate, but they are all God. And the Bible tells us, as we're dealing with these things and, and understanding these things, but listen, we, we get to a place and to a point where people, I've heard it described this way. Uh, I've heard the Trinity described as water. And, and I've, I've used this. I've used this because... When I first heard it, it made a lot of sense to me, okay? So there are a lot of people say that we can describe the Trinity like water, steam, and ice, okay? The water, steam, and ice. They're all water, but they have different forms or they have different modes, okay? Uh, and, and listen, I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen, water is still water, so that's still God, and, and that's an elementary understanding of a way that we could really grasp and hold on to this. I understand that. But friends, listen to me. When we get down to the fundamental uh, understanding of it, they are not different. That's just different forms of water. Okay? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are not just different forms of God. They are three distinct individual persons. And I believe that the Holy Spirit gets the short end of the stick most of the time. We talk about the Father, we talk about the Son, but the Holy Spirit, I think, oftentimes is left out. And, and, and I want to say something. We often call the Holy Spirit an it, like it's a floaty cream cheese spirit, okay? We think about the cream cheese. I, I don't know if you do, but I do. Think about the cream cheese commercials, okay, where we got the little angels dancing on the clouds, eating bagels and all that stuff. Well, that's the floaty spirit. That's what we think about the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, uh, uh, Jesus gives us a wonderful de description and definition of what the Holy Spirit is. In verse number 38 of John chapter 7, he says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now what does Jesus say? But this he spake of the Spirit. Okay? So this river of living water, this uh, every time that you see the Spirit of God involved in something, it, it, it is the life 
life-giving spirit. Okay, When God breathed into man's nostrils after he'd formed him from the dust and the clay of the ground, the Bible says he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. What was that? That was the Holy Spirit. That, that was the Ruach, the Numa of God that God breathed into, listen, the, uh, the, uh, the created man. That was the Holy Spirit that God breathed in. And this is why we say this. Uh, the Bible tells us, and, Je- and I preach this. I, I, I don't know how many times in my life I preach Job 14. I, re- I really don't. And if God lets me live, I promise you, if I get a stirring and a touch of the Holy Spirit, I'll preach it in five minutes if He tells me to. Uh, but listen, the Bible asked the question, Job asked the question, if a man die, shall he live again? The answer to that question is infinitely yes. You will live forever. Why? Why? Why, preacher? Because man is created and he is a life-bearing soul because of the Holy Spirit. Okay? The Holy Spirit gives us life. Now, you say, well, preacher, what are you talking about? How does, the, uh, how does a lost man have the Holy Spirit and how does the saved man have the Holy Spirit? Now, we have the God-breathed soul, which is the life, the essence of life, okay? And that is in every single person. That's why I'm telling you something, friends. Listen, there's a lot of people today say that they don't believe in God. They claim atheism. They claim agnosticism. They claim all these different things. And uh, friends, they're trying to skip and skirt and find a way out from God. You know the very reason that they have to do these things. It takes more faith and it takes more belief that, to believe that there is not a God than, there, than, is, than there's faith required to believe that there is one. It honestly does. Because there's unexplainable things, okay? And friends, listen, the reason that men and women today that they fight and they war against, uh, uh, they fight and they war against God to, to such extremes is because the Spirit is in them and they know in their utter essence, they know that, not, listen, there's some very smart people out here and they have ascribed to a theory. They say that nothing plus nothing equals everything. That's the theory that they have ascribed to. I love working in the engineering field especially when I get a hold of somebody that claims to be an atheist. Okay, I just have a heyday. I just love to watch them Wind up in knots. Because that's the very first thing I go to. Okay? So if you deny if you deny theism, if you deny that there is a God, then you believe that it is not only just a theory, you believe it's scientific proof that we can take nothing and do nothing and generate everything. So that means we're all just going to get paid to watch each other. That's what it equates to. Friends, listen, they, uh, we, we've got to come to the understanding that uh, they, we, we, I want to I put this the best way I know how. We've got to come to the understanding. We've got to know 
that there are some things that we will never know. When Moses asked God the question, he said, when I go talk to Pharaoh, who should I tell him sent me? God said, I am. Friends, there's certain things in our lives. I've described it like this before. There's, there's a lot of people, that this, is the end, this is how they take this. And we've got electricians and people, I, I know enough about electricity to be dangerous. I know enough about electricity to get myself electrocuted every once in a while. Well, that's why when I work on electricity, I throw the breaker and I carry a meter. Okay? Uh, you, you ever been around electricians a long time? They'll take a screwdriver and just walk through there, pop two wires together and throw every breaker in the house and work on it like it ain't nothing. Hang on to 220 like they got fishing line in their hand. Okay? I'll throw the breaker and I'll check it and I'll check it and I'll check it. It makes sure my ground's good three times before I grab a hold of it. But friends, listen to me. Uh, there's a lot of people who know a lot of different things about electricity. But friends, listen to me. For us to understand exactly how electrons flow and how circuits close. And when we close a circuit that electricity passes through the most straightest conductive paths. And it comes to these light bulbs and it lights and illuminates the filament. If we have to understand every bit of that before we used electricity, we'd all be in the dark. But that's how people treat God. I don't understand how it all works from the light switch to the light bulb. I don't understand it all. But I ain't going to stop using light. I'm going to keep flipping the switch and trusting that everything is going to work as it's intended. Okay? And friends, listen to me. We've got more confidence and trust in an electrical circuit than we do in God. We question everything from the switch to the bulb. We say, well, God don't fit here and God don't work here. Friends, listen to me. That's what faith, that's what allegiance, and that's what a loyalty is. Is friends, listen, we yield ourselves to Him and we say, God, we don't know what is coming. But God, we know that we are safe and secure in Thy loving arms. But now listen, we, we'll get back to this. And I've talked a long time and ain't said nothing. But I, I, wanna, I just want to uh, push on this real quickly. So we see we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us we can see the Holy Spirit all through the Old Testament. Uh, most predominantly a story that is, uh, that is fresh and that everybody knows we learned when we were little bitties is when Moses carried the children of Israel out of Egypt and he was headed to Canaan the Bible tells us that by night he was led by a pillar of fire and by day by a pillar of cloud what is that? that's the Holy Spirit that was leading them that was God in the Holy Spirit that was the Father that spoke to Moses. That was the Son who was typified when he stood with Abraham as he drew the knife. 
That was the son who was the fourth man in the fire that walked with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That was the son that stood with Daniel in the lion's den. All these stories that we've learned and we've heard when we were little bitties is the Trinity is infatuated in all of them. And there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We see the tabernacle. We see the temple. We have Christ the mediator who was the mercy seat on the inside. The sacrifice was Christ on the outside. The blood that was shed on the outside and offered on the inside was Christ. The demand of the law that required the blood was the Father. And when the Father got the demand of the blood, the Bible tells us that the Shekinah, the Spirit, would fall on the tabernacle, a visible presence, and the people would know that God had received their sacrifice. That was the Spirit. The Trinity working together for the redemption of His people. Okay? Christ, as we'll get through this, Christ had an interaction. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And I've said this and preached this many times over the years. Friends, it is acceptable to question God for a season. I didn't say I, I didn't say to turn around and leave him. I said it is acceptable to ask God a question. I didn't say to challenge him or to taunt him. You know what a taunt is? A taunt is laying out a fleece. Okay? God make it wet. God make it dry. That's taunting and challenging God. That's challenging God's authority. But asking God a, a question with contentment and uh, earnesty in your heart, God respects those things. We see the Son when His friend had died. Lazarus died. The Bible, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus, the Son, went down there with His friends and the Bible says that He wept. Christ showed these carnal human emotions. He cried. He questioned. But He submitted. After He said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The Bible says there was darkness fell over the land. For three hours, from the from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, the scripture tells us. And when I listen, when the darkness had lifted, the Bible said, "He said, uh, he said, uh, Father, into Thy hands I commend my spirit." Yeah. There's a time of question. There is a there's a time of trial, but there's also a time of surrender. And friends, listen to me. I'm telling you something. When Christ surrendered to the, uh, to the, to the Father in that moment, and He said, I, I commend my spirit unto thee. The Bible tells us that the earth began to quake. And the temple was rent in twain from the top 
to the bottom. Friends, listen, I, I believe that that was uh, the Holy Spirit of God that moved upon the face of this world. Just as the Spirit would fall in the tabernacle, the Spirit fell on the sun in such dramatic power that the entire earth quaked at its presence. And listen, we talked about several weeks ago when we went through John chapter 1 and John chapter 2. We talked about Jesus when He stood in the tabernacle in the temple and He made this comment. He said, I'll tear down this temple and in three days, I'll rebuild it. And the Pharisees looked at Him He said, this temple's been in building for 46 years. This man said He's going to rebuild it in three days. But He was talking about the establishment of the third temple in the gospel church, which is the redeemed, saved people. Okay? And he transitioned through the Father because there was a penal substance. Listen, there was a penalty that was required for sin. Okay? Listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. Where this, where this leads into problems if you think that God is just three different modes. Okay, then you have God punishing Himself and then sending Himself to save and then sending Himself to seal. That's what you wind up with. But you have a penalty that was required because the breach of all humanity had sinned against the Father. Because there was a penalty that, that, that was held in place, we have a substitution, we have a sacrifice in the Son. He said, I'll go in their stead. And he went in their stead and he offered his soul. You go read Isaiah 53. He offered his soul as a sacrifice and a substitute to the Father. And the Father said he was pleased in his sacrifice. And what happened was, Jesus, now you go read this in John 14. Jesus told him this. Now I'm going to wind this up and we'll get on with the conference. Jesus told him this. He said, it's expedient that I go away. He said, if I go not away, then the comforter cannot come. Okay? Who is he talking about? The Holy Spirit. He said, I have to give my life to the Father so the Spirit can come and indwell in my redeemed people. Okay? And he said, it's okay though. He said... See, this is, this is where the comfort of the Lord's prayer is. He said, all these things must come to pass. He said, but when the Spirit of God comes and the river of flowing water flows with inside of you, you can access the Spirit by calling on my name and have direct interaction with my Father. Because Jesus said, I came not to do... Well, you remember what Jesus said? I came not to do my own will. But I came to do my Father's. Okay? There's a lot of people, they challenge this and they say, uh, they say that this is, uh, this is not possible. But God... Look, I, it's like the message I preached on Sunday morning. 
God lives outside of this time. He is the uncreated creator. He created all things. He is the watchmaker behind the beautiful clock that we see. Do we understand all the inner workings of this? No. And I'm going to tell you something. I, I, there's a lot of people who think when we step into eternity that we're just going to know everything. I don't think so. I think we're going to learn. I do. We don't turn into God just because we have an immortal body. Okay? God knows everything. He's omniscient. I don't. Okay? He said, I don't know what we shall be, but we know that when we shall see Him, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Okay? That doesn't mean that I inherited the omniscient, all-knowing knowledge in the mind of Christ. That's the only thing that He has given me. Is I'm saved, I'm sanctified, I'm redeemed, I'm glorified in a beautiful, wonderful place that is called heaven for eternity. And let me tell you something. There's a lot of people, they say, well, when I get there, all we're going to do is sing anthems and praises and we're going to know everything. Friends, listen to me. That's not the depiction of the new heaven and the new earth. Everything that has fallen, He has redeemed. He has reclaimed. And He's going to establish us and put us in the midst of it. I believe that we'll learn. I believe that we'll talk. I believe that we'll understand. Heaven is not going to be boring. Okay? That's why I love to think about it. The Scripture gives us just enough to make my mind spin and spin and spin. But I love to think about it. Not only do I love to think about it, I love the fact that one of these days we'll embrace it. We will embrace it. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus said many times, He said, I sit at His right hand. That's, that's not a metaphor. That's, that's purpose. That's intentional. I'm glad that there's three thrones where the one God sits. I know that's confusing. But there's three thrones where the one God sits. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Spirit. The Spirit is not the Father. But the Father is God. The Son is God. And the Spirit is God. They are triune. They are perfect. They are inseparable. They are, listen, and, and this, is, this is what separates Christianity from everybody else. Okay? Everybody, everything, everywhere. This is what separates Christianity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I'll close with this tonight and say this, and we'll pick back up uh, and, and probably go into each one a little bit deeper as we press on into this, but... Uh, Jesus told us, he said, when you go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come into my house, that my house may be filled. He said, after they come into my house, he said, I want you to go out and baptize. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I hope uh, and pray that uh, 
and trust that we would uh, that we would we would press on in the scripture to listen like I said we're never going to understand it to, <clears throat> to every nth degree I certainly don't but it's a biblical fact and we don't need to try and explain it away we've tried too long for, for, for too many years really in the church to try and explain things away and we, we've tried to meet the Jehovah's Witnesses in the middle there's no middle ground if you, if you deny that my Savior, Jesus Christ, is God, we've got a problem. We've got an impasse. Okay? Because you don't believe the same Bible that I believe. We love you. We appreciate you being here tonight. I wonder if anybody has anything on your heart uh, before we go into conference.